Happy New Year from the studios of Kringle Radio. I'm Alfred Frank Murr with North Pole Radio News. In this episode of the North Pole Podcast, I'm joined by Elf Crash Murphy, Santa Zion the Sky Reporter, who we playfully call the ultimate Santa Tracker. It is our job here in the news department to tell the story of Santa, and while we're dedicated to doing that, we feel it is important before we move on in this new year to look back a little bit and have a discussion about the ride that Santa just took this past Christmas. It's a new way of sharing this kind of information, something we've never tried before, but we felt it would be a good way to kick off this new year. Crash, thanks for being here, and the way I think we'll do this is to play some moments from our radio coverage here at the North Pole from Christmas Eve and get you to answer some questions about Santa's trip. Okay, Frank, this uh, sounds like a fun exercise. Crash, before we get to that, let's answer a few questions that have come in by way of email about Santa's journey around the world. Some of these questions center on you. For example, here's a question from a listener in the UK who wants to know exactly how long Santa's flight was this year. Well, it was about 30 hours and 34 minutes, Frank, and that's a new record, I think, as you reported it at the time. That's a long time to be in a sleigh crash, and you and Santa both do that. How do you do that? Well, I do get that question sometimes, Frank, but honestly, I have a hard time seeing it as a hard thing to do. The excitement for Christmas and the anticipation of tracking Santa is so great that we just do it, and it goes by fast, those 30 hours or so, and yeah... When it's over and we're back at the North Pole, we then realize how tired we are, but while it's happening, there's no time to even think about being tired. We spend a lot of time reporting on Santa's activities, and we know how he does it, but how about you? How do you do it, Crash? You mean like training for it or something? Yeah, I mean just getting your body up for a high-speed marathon like that must be a lot of work. Well, I mostly just stay up late and eat a lot of junk, Frank. That's kind of what the flight is for this elf. Once we're off to the races on Christmas Eve, we're dashing around the world, and it's just an exercise of watching it happen and talking about it on the news. You eat when you can, you catch a break when Santa takes one, and you just keep on moving. Crash, you've told us that you listen to the Tracking Santa Around the World radio show while you fly, but do you really hear all of it? No, and it's really impossible to do so, Frank. I've got you and the radio team in one ear and North Pole Flight Command in the other and a direct line to Santa that can interrupt at any time, plus all the elves in my sleigh and my pilot to contend with, too. Elves in your sleigh. I had no idea you took passengers. Well, it hasn't always been that way, Frank, and we have to do something about it because they were kind of a distraction this year. What's the story with that crash? Who are these elves? Well, first of all, they're all working elves, Frank. There are no joyriders uh, on the sleigh at all. We had the Bobsy twins from Flight Command on board, and they were there from logistics, communicating with the flight teams and stuff. And we had Elf Benny from the weather tracking department doing scout work. Elf Pauline from reindeer operations. Elf Duane also in logistics. And, of course, Elf Gertie from the Elf Union was there. The Elf Union? You had a union rep on board? What was Elf Gertie's function there? She was making sure everyone was taking their breaks, Frank. Okay, and the Bobsy twins from Flight Command, who are they again? Well, that's just what I call them. They're two elves, both named Bob. These guys were working logistics, kind of like roving air traffic controllers who helped in close-in operations when sleighs would reload Santa. They do really important work, Frank. Well, why were they with you? Why didn't they just have their own sleigh 
Yeah, there is another team from Flight Command who do the same thing, Frank, and they do have their own sleigh. Once upon a time, that whole team was in one sleigh altogether. Then the idea came up that because I follow so close behind Santa, it might be a good idea to put a couple of them on my sleigh. And it improved their performance and helped move the whole mission along faster and kind of gave us a backup scenario with that whole thing. Okay, having all these elves in one sleigh with you, did that make it harder for you to do your job? Yeah, we're all pretty busy up there, and I don't have time for them, Frank, so most of the time I'm concentrating on my stuff and don't even know that they're there. But as the flight winds down and their duties kind of come to an end, things can get a little rowdy, and they'll chatter and start the Christmas party a little bit. Uh-huh. Okay, interesting. Uh, that's good insight into the world of being the ultimate Saturn tracker crash, and I guess that's what we're looking for in this episode, kind of that inside look of what happens when Santa goes around the world. You have all that going on and cannot exactly listen to everything on Kringle Radio during the flight. I'm wondering if these snippets that I've prepared will be new or familiar to you as we go along. For example, here's a moment from Sector 1 that featured an encounter with Santa. Joining us from there is a man named Harry Wright who says he saw Santa. Sir, are you there? Yes, I did see Santa. I did. I'm not crazy, I promise. Okay, I believe you, Mr. Wright. Just tell us what you saw. My little dog Snickers barked, waking me up. It was a strange bark, an alert to tell me someone was there. But it was a friendly bark, too. Which made me think maybe my brother was here to play a Christmas prank on me. In fact, I thought that this was a joke to begin with. Why did you think that? Because I saw a flash of red, some presents under my Christmas tree that weren't there before I went to bed, and reindeer in my yard. Reindeer? That's pretty elaborate for a prank, Mr. Wright. That's what I thought, too. Then, as I was watching Rudolph munching on my marigolds, my cell rang, and it was my brother. Wanted to know if it was me who stuffed his stockings with broccoli. Broccoli? Yes, he hates broccoli. Oh, boy! Did you laugh? You bet I did. I told him Santa must have thought he was naughty. Great report, Mr. Wright. And you're not crazy. Frank, back to you. No, I didn't hear that one, Frank. That's hilarious. I think that shows the good humor in Santa, too, as well as those two grown brothers. I wish I'd heard that one. Well, how much do you get to hear? Well, a lot less than you might think, Frank. In fact, time moves so fast, it seems my turn to report on the radio just flies by, and I'm talking to you every two or three minutes. And in reality, it may be just about once per hour or even less if I get to say anything on the radio at all. Well, let's talk a little bit about your radio reporting crash. Is there any advanced planning in what you will report or what you will say? I want to play this little snippet of a report you did over Sector 2. Let's see if you can recall what you were thinking in this moment. Crash, where is Santa now, and how's the weather there? Holly, I think we're in, or at least near, to Bangladesh. We've hit some warm summer rain now, and there are plenty of bugs out here. Bugs? Are they a nuisance to the reindeer, Crash? Oh, a little bit, I think. Except for Donner. He likes to eat them. He eats them? Yeah, he says they're good protein or something. I don't know, Holly. Donner's a health nut. He eats weeds and bugs and weird stuff all the time. Not me. I'm a cheeseburger man. Oh, man, that's just embarrassing, Frank. Why, Crash? What's so bad about that? It's my voice, Frank. I sound like I'm on helium or something. That's just awful. 
Crash, people love hearing you on Christmas Eve, not because of your voice, but because of your information. In that report, you gave some amazing insight into both Donner and yourself. Are you aware of that? Well, I'm not too sure if sharing the Donner eats bugs is amazing insight, Frank. He's likely not going to be too happy with me if he hears that. Are there rules you have to follow when you report the news in flight crash? Well, yeah, there's some. A lot of people lecture me, like the folks in North Pole Security. Santa, of course, holds a review with me annually about my job, and he and I talk about different things. What do they tell you to say or not to say on the radio crash? Well, mostly concerns that are related to safety and Santa's safety in particular. I can't give, uh, you know, precise live location data, for example. But honestly, it would be almost impossible, impossible for me to do so anyway because everywhere we go, it's dark, and it's hard for me to tell a lot of the time precisely where we are. I depend on communication from Flight Command and from listening to Santa to know where we are most of the time, so I'll just say we're in London, and I won't say a particular street or a house number or anything like that. Besides, if anybody wanted to interfere with Santa's flight, they'd have to do some... Some amazing flying and have some amazing technology, but besides the knowledge of his location to do any damage. I know Santa hears a bit of Kringle radio, too, when he flies. Does he ever give you live feedback on what you say on the radio? No, not really. I think Santa honestly focuses on the good music that we play between the news reports when Kringle radio is playing for him. Santa doesn't have time to review the work of elves or ranger when he's in flight, Frank. Crash elves all over the world do various things to ensure Santa's safe arrival everywhere he goes. Here's part of a report that we received from a tracker in South Carolina. Frank, we have on the phone a tracker in Sector 5 from the lovely location of Garden City, South Carolina. His name is Elf Dallas Young. Dallas, we have word you've set up a landing zone for Santa. Yes, we're putting the finishing touches in our sleigh traffic control center right now. Well, I didn't hear that report either, Frank, but I do remember coming into that spot in South Carolina, and that house in particular. It did a really awesome job there. You must see all kinds of things that people do to help Santa out. This one sounds like it was a good one, but do you ever see things that don't work out? Oh, yeah, all over the place, Frank. We had a guy on the high plains of Bolivia this year who was nearly ignited a, a forest fire because he was preparing a landing zone that was lit by torches. And one of them dropped to the ground, and the whole dry field just kind of went up in a hurry. Oh, boy, I hope nobody got hurt. Oh, I don't think so. By the time that Santa got there, the emergency vehicles were lighting up the whole place, so in a weird way, this guy's plan worked. But I understand it got out of hand there for a little while. Does the North Pole give instructions for those trying to help Santa out like that? Now, that's a good question, and it's been debated in Flight Command before about whether or not we should put guidelines out on this. But honestly, Frank... It's like the milk and cookie thing. People are going to do what they think is best, and sometimes it's not the best. Are you saying Santa doesn't like all the milk and cookies that people leave out for him? Oh, no, I'm not saying that at all. It's just that the world differs on what milk actually is or what a good cookie might actually be. You're not serious, are you? Oh, like a heart attack, Frank. This year, Santa not only got regular milk, but also goat milk and bear milk. Almond milk, yak milk, gorilla milk, pig milk, zebra milk, and even something called snow white milk, whatever that is. Yak milk? Snow white milk? What's that? That's what Santa said. Did Santa actually drink it? 
Oh, yeah, Frank. Said it was pretty good, too. But I don't think the guys at the university have actually identified what it really is yet. Did Santa get a sample to bring home or something? Well, I'm not sure how much I can tell you about this, Frank, but North Pole Security has a team that specializes in keeping Santa safe, and it's part of their job to take samples and analyze stuff. Santa himself doesn't have time to worry about that, but among the thousands of sleighs that fly on Christmas Eve, a few of them are from the North Pole Security Department doing what they do. You're not the only one giving insight, Crash, in your radio report. Here's a report from the deck of the SS Donner, which you may or may not have heard. I'm curious to know what you think about it. How does Santa look? How do you think the reindeer are feeling, Elf? They all appear to be just fine, Red. We got the reindeer into a large shed, and Rudolph mentioned there was a little cool in there, so Cupid lit one. He lit one? Oh, that's hilarious, Frank. I didn't know about that, but it sounds like something Cupid would do. I think that's the challenge of bringing the news of tracking Santa around the world crash. There's so much going on everywhere. Do you ever go back and listen to the broadcast? Yeah, not really, Frank, but maybe I should do that before I fly again next Christmas. How the world hears it is pretty important, Frank. Do you go back and listen to it all? I do because it's in my contract that we do it, Crash. It all gets scrutinized pretty closely because we're always looking for ways to improve our reporting. What do you think is the most important part of the news broadcast? Is it the information you give about Santa's location? No, I know we have the maps and everyone's all excited for Santa coming and all that, Frank, but where Santa is is not the big news of the Tracking Santa show. I think the live reports that Red does with trackers out there and the other news anchors who get interviews with those who have seen Santa are more interesting and more important. Yeah, those are among my favorites too, Crash. Here's a report from a rather remote area in Sector 5. I'm curious to know if you heard this one. Holly, I'm joined now by Benito Santiago, who claims he saw Santa tonight from four states at the same time. Mr. Santiago, how is it possible that you could have seen Santa from four different states tonight? I'm right now standing at four corners where the states of Utah, Arizona, Colorado, and New Mexico meet. I was standing on the marker, so technically I was in four states at one time. It was at that precise moment that I look up and boom, Santa Claus, right there, in the sky, over my head. I remember that guy, Frank. He did his whole Christmas out there. He has a taco truck, and he left out these amazing Chili Verde burritos for us. That dude is legit, Frank. Food seems to be a focus for you on these flights, Crash, more so for you than for Santa. Why is that? Well, Santa gets in and out of his sleigh all the time, and every time he does, there's great things for him to eat. Well, not for me, Frank. I'm in one spot all the time, and my lunch pail empties pretty fast. I'm glad you brought that up, Crash. There's a report from you we got that left me with some questions. Do you remember this? during the flight this year. Where are you, and how is Santa doing? Um, can you hold on a second, Frank? I said three glazed, two chocolate glazed, and two large hot chocolates. You got that? Crash, are you ordering something? Krispy Kreme, Frank. Need fuel. I didn't know they had Krispy Kreme in Mexico. Uh, we're not in Mexico, Frank. Well, where are you, and more importantly, where's Santa? I'm west of St. Louis somewhere, Frank. I'm guessing Santa's around here close by, or, well, maybe not. He could be in Mexico. Heck, I don't know. They're a little slow on the donuts here for 11 at night, Frank. You'd think they'd be all over this. 
So you're in Missouri and Santa's in Mexico. I don't know, Frank. Santa said get Krispy Kremes, and I said okay. I don't know where he went. Santa wants donuts, but he's getting cookies in every home from Tulsa to Timbuktu. Well, they're not for Santa, Frank. I guess it's a gift of some sort. Some dude in El Paso wants him. That's all he wants for Christmas. And, well, Santa delivers. I remember it well, Frank. Right after I took the express to El Paso, I made it there in record time, too. Crash, this raises a lot of questions, the first being about special errands you run for Santa. Does that really happen a lot? Oh, not too much. Something like that, that Santa might farm out to an elf. But, you know, you'll remember that we were in Sector 5 in that report, so kind of at the tail end of the flight where there isn't much pressure. We spend all night rushing through all the other sectors in order to get to Sector 5 on time. And then when we do, we have to slow down quite a bit because they're up so late there. In that circumstance, I was looking for a little something to do, and I, I volunteered for duty. Besides, I, I wanted some donuts, too. Crash, we get this question a lot every year on the Tracking Santa show. Do you ever do any deliveries for Santa? No, I'm not certified for that, Frank. Oh, you have to be certified to deliver presents? Oh, yeah, there's a lot to it. It's the most difficult certification to get at the North Pole. And not many do get it, Frank. In fact, the only one besides Santa that I know of who's certified for in-home gift delivery is Mrs. Claus. Wow, Crash, this is really interesting. Why is that certification so hard to get? Well, there's a number of certifications that you have to have before you can even apply for gift delivery certification, Frank. you got to be a licensed and certified sleigh pilot and a pilot that has all the special certifications, such as roof landings. you got to get a chimney certification, which I understand is an eight-year course and one of the most difficult of all certifications to get. Then there's the dexterity test and the flash reading test and the digestive trials and all the other stuff that goes into it. There's language training, a memory testing module. Oh, the list is endless of the skills you got to have to be a gift bringer, Frank. I could never pass all those tests. Wow, that makes running out for donuts seem kind of easy, Crash. Yeah, and donuts are more my speed, Frank. Crash, I see you're on the radio committee for this year's broadcast. I think that's the first time you've been assigned that. Did you ask for that assignment? No, I didn't, and I'm a little nervous about it. I don't really know if I know enough to be part of the group that plans for that worldwide radio broadcast. Why do you think you got that assignment, then? Well, Santa said it would be good for my professional radio development, but I don't know, Frank. I think he's just trying to get me to go back and listen to the broadcast again. Crash, your perspective on Santa's flight is entirely unique from where I sit at the North Pole. I get to hear everything that's going on, and I get to talk to people from all over the place, including you on Christmas Eve. But it's all done while staring at a blank wall, Crash. But not you. You're out there. You see Santa in action. You're breathing the air and hearing the reaction and feeling the excitement of Santa around the world. I wouldn't trade that experience for all the tea in China, Frank. I know I have the best seat in the house, and I love it. I really do. Well, then I want to come back to this again this year and again during our news reports and podcast crash. I think your perspective on Santa needs to be shared over and over again. Thank you for your time and for your valuable insights on this episode of the podcast. And folks, join us again as we track Santa this year and share the story of Santa year-round from the North Pole here at SantaUpdate.com. And for all of us at the North Pole Podcast, 
I'm Al Frank Murr, thanking you for listening. <laughs>